took me 10 years to run and win. And I ran in every election, uh, which would be five elections because our elections are every two years. And so for 10 years, I ran until I won. Welcome back to another episode of Kel's Big Little World. For our new listeners over on this channel, I'm Kel, and I interview guests from all over the world to explore their beliefs, careers, and day-to-day life. All to reveal they're reunited in something greater, a shared journey through this big little world we call home. Today, we'll be talking to a woman who uses her voice to advocate for the unheard, youth, elders, veterans, and the citizens of Detroit, Michigan. As Leah Thomas said, we can't save the planet without uplifting the voices of its people, especially those most unheard. Our upcoming guest uses her political platform for good and represents the true meaning of perseverance. With that being said, let's welcome Commissioner Monique Baker McCormick. Wayne is a large county in Northwest Michigan, home to my city, Detroit, AKA Motor City. Commissioner McCormick represents District 6 within Wayne County. She ran and won her re-election in this new district with 87% of of the vote to become the first African-American commissioner in Redford Township and continues to proudly serve part of Northwest Detroit in the community where she was born and raised. Commissioner McCormick is a Democrat, mother, veteran of the U.S. Army, businesswoman, owner of McCormick Real Estate and Financial Group, and a proud member of Zeta Phi Beta Sorority Incorporated. First off, I just want to thank you for taking time out to join me here today, Commissioner. Good, good. Well, thank you, Kelly, so much for having me. I, it's an honor to join you today. So yeah, I'm going to jump into some questions. So first of all, Commissioner, what is a, a commissioner? What does your day-to-day look like? Well, I always explain the commission role is, is much like it is to be on a board of directors or much like a city council is. Uh, We're the legislative branch or the check and balance of of government. And we ensure that the the county executive is running the day-to-day business of the county um, and making sure that we have and and the county has uh, the resources and tools to function on a daily basis. And this is an elected uh, position? It is. It is an elected position. Uh, We are elected every two years. So uh, next year is another election. Um, This will be my, uh, next year will be my fourth term. I'm in my third term right now. So yeah. Um, At any point, would you consider yourself a politician? Um, well, that's what they say I am. <laughs> I, I guess I don't like the, the word so much, but I consider myself more of a public servant, uh, one who helps where their needs, there are certain needs to be met in the community. And I take the lead from my constituents, the, the the people that I represent, they tell me what their needs are, and then I try to help them uh, get those things uh, done in our in our community. 
And how do you balance your personal beliefs with the um, needs and wants of your constituents? Um, well, my personal beliefs, I, I believe I was born and raised, like I said, or like you said, uh, in Northwest Detroit. So uh, much of what uh, I have learned is from the community that I now serve. So my belief systems are um, rooted in, in my community. So it, I really don't clash that much um, with the majority of the constituents I serve because this is who I am. I'm, I'm part of this community and um, I feel like what they want is the same thing I want because I understand the everyday concerns of the community because I'm here every day. So growing up in the community in Northwest Detroit, was there ever a time where you just knew this is what you wanted to do? You wanted to represent? Not at all. <laughs> Not at all. I, you know, I would have never dreamed like in high school, I went to Henry Ford High School. I would have never dreamt that I would be an elected official and serving the community in this capacity. Um, I didn't really decide to run for office in, until I had um, a run-in, I'll say, with the commissioner that was in this seat. And he actually motivated me more so to run because I wanted to see some things happen that wasn't happening in our community that he wasn't doing, that he wasn't addressing. Um, and he failed to live in this community as the law required. And so it was a challenge to me to run against him and um, to hold him accountable. That was more so what I was doing. Uh, and you know, that's really how I got here. Um, I served the community in other capacities and other leadership roles as a business owner, as a block captain, as a community advocate, as a parent leader in DPS. Um, but again, I this was not on my radar ever <laughs> until the you know run in with with the former commissioner what did that campaigning look like for your first term oh wow my journey was very long um probably not like any other elected official uh as i stated i challenged a sitting incumbent who uh was part of the good old boy network. So because of that, he had all of the resources and money to run and win an election. So my whole journey to commissioner uh, took a lot of time. It took a lot of um, those in the community supporting me, pushing me, um, 
I went through several lawsuits against my opponent. Uh, my election was very controversial. Uh, there were some, a lot of dirty politics involved where my opponent slandered my name and um, they just, you know, it really made me not want to to run. And I understood what people would say about running and, um, you know, your, your life is out there. But not only is your life out there, but people will make up things, things out there about you. And so my journey was, yeah, very long and very, very hard. It took me 10 years to run and win. And I ran in every election for uh, that time span uh, for commissioner, uh, which would be five elections because our elections are every two years. And so for 10 years, I ran until I won. So, yeah. Is there anything that you'd wish you'd done differently? I don't know if there's anything I would have done differently. I think all of the challenges in, in my journey have helped me to be who I am today. Uh, every failure and, and I shouldn't even say failure, but when I didn't win, I'll say it, say it that way. When I didn't win the election, I won in other ways because I learned a lot of lessons. I met a lot of good people. Um, I had those out there that supported me and pushed me and guided me. Of course, God was on my team, on my side uh, along my journey. So, you know, I just wish it could have been, and, but that's okay because I, I learned a lot from, from that and that life isn't easy. Anything you want in life, you got to work for it. You have to persevere and stay in the game long enough to win it. Because if you don't stay in it, you will never win it. Speaking of just challenges and life lessons, you were a U.S. Army veteran. What did that experience look like for you as a Black woman? While I was in college at Western Michigan University, I was uh, just struggling to, to make it. Um, my parents, you know, helped where they could, but they, you know, couldn't provide everything I needed for college. And so uh, I ran out of money and the military at the time, I was in ROTC, but at, at the time they were offering the GI Bill and they still do. Um, and that GI Bill helped, it would help me through college. So. Uh, so I joined and not really understanding what that meant at the time, but joining because I needed the, the money. I wanted to complete college and um, I also wanted to serve, but again, not really knowing what that meant until I got uh, there. And for a, a black female, uh, to uh, serve and, and be 
um, guided and directed on a daily basis by men. Uh, it was um, a very difficult and challenging time for me, but it helped me to be who I am today again. It, it challenged me in every way, physically, emotionally, mentally, um, but I will always say that that was the best thing that happened to me. I, I needed the discipline, I needed the organization of the military to help me become more focused uh, and help me to understand um, that I am responsible for me and in a leadership role, you're also responsible for everything that happens around you. So that helped me to be um, a, a boss right now to my staff and to, and to lead others. Um, that was, um, you know, eye-opening to me uh, when I was in, in um, basic training, I was the platoon leader one of my first real leadership roles. Um, and so I had to ensure that uh, our barracks were clean, that our shoes were shined, that the, the floors were, were waxed. Um, and I just remember one night uh, I assigned a soldier a task and that was to wax the floor because we had a major inspection the next morning. So I assigned her the task and I went and laid down for a minute and I just, I fell asleep. Well, I woke up to the drill sergeant in my face, you know, hollering and screaming at me, you know, why isn't this done? And um, Get up, you know, so I had to get up and get to waxing the floor because the person I assigned it and, and it, and it didn't matter to him that I assigned it to someone else. That task was not done. And that was my fault. It wasn't her fault. It was my fault because I was a, a the lead person at the time. And so that's what it is in life. Um, anytime you have an assignment to do and you're in charge, it doesn't matter if somebody else, you know, didn't do their part, it still falls back on you. And, it, and to this day, that lesson was so valuable because right now as a commissioner, anything that my staff does, it falls back on me. And so that was a lesson that I learned early in life and it has helped me to be uh, a better leader. So having the perspective from, you know, the military, from being from Detroit and even running, what improvements did you feel like were on your agenda that you feel like you needed to personally attack once you became commissioner? One of the things that growing up in Northwest Detroit, I remember it being a clean community. I, I guess for me, the first thing was I started the war on trash uh, and that's an initiative uh, that really talks to a clean community. It's an anti-littering campaign. 
and our goal was to ensure that when you pull up or you off of the freeway, you come into a community that that community is clean, at least when you first enter into it. Um, and so we were focused on cleaning up the around the service drives of the freeway, the Southfield and the Lodge. And so that was really concerning to me. So I wanted to dive into that. We also were in some of the elementary schools and we talked to our uh, uh, young people about keeping you know, their city clean and we created ambassadors so that as they grew up or grow up, um, that they can have those values instilled in them so that was one of the things that I really thought was important. And then of course, secondly, where you, uh, or what you are familiar with is the Wayne County Commission Youth Council. I started the Youth Council uh, almost four years ago now. And I wanted to create a program that brought young people into the folds of government and understanding how they could have a voice in government and how their voice could change things. And I don't know, Kelly, if you know that one of the things that uh, the first term, or no, that was the second, the gun um, uh, reform resolution that you guys put together. Well, the governor uh, enacted a portion of that. I don't know if you know that. But that was your voice saying, this is what we need. This is what we'd like to see happen. Um, and, and just that alone helped to push other legislators. When you went to Lansing and you talked to legislators, they passed that on and they shared it. And so um, that is what the youth council is about, you know, making sure that you have a voice and that your voice is heard and that you're, you know, that you can change things. Uh, you can make this world a better place. So uh, I feel so, you know, blessed to have a group of young people like yourselves that uh, are doing things and making things happen. I'm so proud of you and your program here um, and what you're doing. Uh, and, and that's what it's about. It's about reaching back. It's about empowering our young people to do bigger and better things. And I know, you know, I'll hear about you in the future and all of the great things that you're going to do in the future. Yes. So running of almost about 10, 15 years ago, do you ever think that you would get to this point of having your own council doing the war on drugs? Do you sit on war on drugs, the war on trust, and you sit on various committees? Did you ever think that you would get to this point? You know, um, I uh, felt that I would do something because I always wanted to make a difference and, and everything that I did, even in my business as a business owner, as a real estate broker, um, one, of, one of the things that I love to do was educate people. 
you know, and, and help them to understand um, that, you know, if you're educated, if you, you learn a skill or trade um, that you can do anything with that, you know, you, you can learn anything and be anything. And so for me, um, I didn't know exactly what I would do. And, and that keeps changing because I still don't know. And, and that's the beauty of life because, so I think um, we're evolving, we're learning. And each time you learn something new, then you, you might want to go in a different direction. And that's what happened to me. I, I didn't know that I would ever be here. I was in my lane of being a, a real estate broker and helping people to buy their, their first home, uh, their dream home, and helping to educate them on that whole process. I was a parent leader in DPS, helping parents understand the importance that we only have one time to get it right with our children, and then we have to let them fly. You know, we have to let them go. So for me, I never knew which road, and I still don't know that I will go on at any moment. I could, I could take another turn, but um, I pray on it. Um, I ask for guidance. And then I move, but I keep moving. And that's the important part to keep moving. So you are a college educator. You've done, you've been in the military, you've done real estate on to being a commissioner. What has one of your main values become? To treat people as I would want to be treated. That's, I think the most impactful lesson um, in life that I will share and pass on is that if you treat people the way you wanna be treated, then you can't go wrong because you just never know when those, that, that person will come right back around and uh, you might need them someday. And, and I don't care where you are in life, whether you're someone that lives on the street or you're, you're the president of the United States. You treat everybody like you want to be treated and you can't go wrong with that. So when you're listening to a lot of the legislation or the issues that are, you're introduced to, how do you incorporate the idea of empathy or treating others how you want to be treated into your day-to-day -day, you know, career? My life journey has helped me to be empathetic, you know, um, and show empathy because I wasn't given anything. And, and I appreciate that, that I wasn't given anything. Even if they did have it, my parents wouldn't just give it to me. You know, they, they had the belief that you have to earn, you know, things, you earn your stuff. And so with that, um, that has helped me to uh, understand that life can be difficult and challenging, 
um, because I've been there. You know, I have two adult daughters. Um, I was a single parent. I had to figure it out for them. And in doing that, I understand what other single parents go through. I understand living paycheck to paycheck. Um, and so I have empathy for the least of those where other uh, colleagues of mine may not totally understand that. And so I'm grateful to understand and be able to deal with folks on, on both sides of those spectrums. Uh, and, and, and it's, to me, the experiences in life help you to be who you are and it teaches you uh, so many lessons and the lessons that I've learned uh, have helped me to be more empathetic and, and again, going back to just treating people how I want to be treated. Now coming into an office where you have formerly challenged the incumbent, how did you make those genuine connections that you needed to get what you were passionate about past? Right. Um, you know, it's interesting that you say that, um, or that, that question, because um, I thought about that when Senator Warnock was here for the NAACP dinner. And he was just looking at his journey to be in that seat, to hold that seat as an African-American male, to hold a seat where there once we would have never had the opportunity. And now he's sitting in that seat where a, a, a white racist was there. And, and, and you know, they're turning over in their grave, you know, and so, this is the story that he was telling. And so I started to think about my story and the seat that I was sitting in uh, was a, a white guy who lived in Lansing that didn't want to live in our community. And he actually called me a racist, came into this community and called me a racist. And now, I'm in that very same office that he was in with his some of his things still left in that office. I have the same phone number that he had is now my number. You know, um, the same seat that I sit in was his seat. Um, and so in saying that, being in that seat, in that, in that place, in the Guardian building, it is just an um, awesome feeling, one that is hard to explain because you know that I know that my ancestors are looking down, you know, because they helped me to be here. You know, I didn't get here. They died for me to be able to vote. They died for me to be able to run for office. And now I'm in that seat. I'm in that seat. <laughs> and it's just, um, it's an awesome feeling. Yeah. 
And my last question for you is the question I ask every guest. In a world of 7.8 billion people, and a lot of which you represent in a significant manner, when did you realize that the world was smaller than you originally thought? Hmm. That's a good question, too. Um, so I remember when I was a little girl, I was probably about eight years old. And um, so my, my mom loves to travel, but this particular summer, we went to visit my uncle in Kentucky. And as we were leaving the store, the grocery store, coming out, we ran into one of my teachers. That was like, oh my goodness, how does that happen to run into a teacher, you know, in another state? For me at, at eight years old, it was like, how, you know, that can't be that, that's impossible. How do you do that? And at that point, I learned how small the world was and is. And we're all in it together. And that's why we have to love one another, treat each other like we want to want to be treated. And I think all will be well. Well, there you have it. Even when representing tens of thousands of people, this big world is still smaller than we think. While balancing motherhood, her political career, Commissioner McCormick is still able to give voices to the unheard. Thank you guys so much for listening. And again, a special thank you to our guests. See you next week. Bye.